Chapter 7. Ghouls Just Want to Have Fun Simon Belmont snapped his whip. Crack! The ends of the whip hit the ghoul right in the misty stuff that composed its chest. The thing was hurled back a footstep, but then it righted itself and it just kept on coming. Simon pulled the whip back, readied it to crack again. Tim Bradley just stood in his tracks, frightened out of his mind. This wasn't any two-dimensional program TV dot array that could be handled with a joystick. This was a living, breathing, so rotten it smelled worse than Tim's socks monster. No, scratch that. This was a dead, living, breathing monster. The thing was about seven feet tall. Its gray skin hung down in tatters, revealing bones and worms beneath. Its popping orbs looked like the eyes of a long-dead fish. But when you looked closer at the grim thing, it got worse. When you looked closer, you saw that the thing was only half solid. It seemed to be composed half of flesh and half of gray smog lit from within by an unearthly glow. Simon's whip unfurled, catching the thing again, this time squarely in its skull face. Crack! This time, the whip had instant effect. An explosion like an M-80 going off in a garbage can sounded out. Shivers of energy-infested ectoplasm radiated around the whip's end. The whole creature shook. Then, with a bright shimmer, it seemed to retch away from existence, as though some kind of hook had come out of nowhere and dragged it into a black hole, leaving only its outline behind. The outline turned to a dazzle that glittered over Simon Belmont like fairy dust. Simon shivered, and his eyes got wide for a moment. And then he recoiled his whip around his hand and nodded toward Tim. Ah, yes, energy. Already I feel recharged with vigor. I am ready for another. Well, good for you, Simon. Me? I'm ready to go back to that safe, warm tavern. Tim wasn't serious. He knew he had a job ahead of him that he had promised to do, and he wasn't the sort to weasel out of his own commitments. But all in all, he would rather be back in the tavern, sipping hot chocolate than fighting ghouls in the middle of a dark Castlevanian night. They'd finished their dinner back at the heart and soul. The innkeeper had wanted them to eat more, but Simon had insisted that too much eat and drink would make them tired and heavy for tonight's action. Just a little cat nap would do, he insisted. And that was just what they'd had, too. A cat nap. Right there on one of the benches of the tavern right beside two tavern cats. Fortunately, Tim's allergies weren't acting up, so he actually managed to get some sleep despite all the excitement of the day, and all the excitement yet to come, and all the caffeine and all the chocolate bars he'd devoured. It must have been all that warm milk he'd drunk. When he'd woken up, it was dark outside, so he figured it was time to go. However, the sun was still up, even though it was low in the sky. They spent the remaining minutes warming up their muscles with exercises. Simon had prepared himself by sitting very still with his legs folded under him. Tim had prepared himself by eating a bag of M&Ms. Simon's voice brought him back to the present. There is no time for loafing in warm taverns, Timothy Bradley. Look, here come two more ghouls. You take one while I deal with the other. Sure enough... Coming out of a narrow alley like two gravestones with arms, legs, and bad attitudes shambled two ghouls. They hissed harshly, opening mouths filled with sharp teeth. Long claws reached out to rend and tear at their victims. All in all, it was not a pleasant sight. 
Tim Bradley lifted the sword that Simon had given him just after they had arrived at the inn. He would have preferred a gun. However, Simon Belmont had informed him not only of the fact that there were no guns in Castlevania, but that even if they were imported from another dimension, they wouldn't work here. Gunpowder didn't explode in Castlevania. Things work on magical principles here, Timothy, Simon had explained, and also on the moral laws of good and evil. This is why I am very good, and Dracula is very bad. Anyway, now Tim Bradley didn't have the time to worry about the niceties of ethics and moral philosophy. He had a snarling creature to deal with. The ghoul bore down on him with surprising speed for something that looked like it was going to fall apart at any moment. Tim swung the sword over his head toward the creature, but somehow missed, the metal sword crashing down on the cobbles noisily. Crack! The sound of Simon's whip from behind him as the hero dealt with his ghoul. The ghoul's razor-sharp fingernails reached out and ripped at Tim's jacket. The whole arm was torn. Yow! Tim said. My mom's gonna kill me! The ghoul just snarled and pushed its outstretched hand toward Tim Bradley's throat. You rat, I hope you have a mom, cause that's who I'm sending you back to. With all his might, Tim lifted the sword and swung it toward the spot where Simon's whip had been so effective on the last ghoul. The thick, pitted blade sliced into the mist's skin, and immediately sparks flew like a blowout in a spiral galaxy. As he watched with astonishment, the ghoul slowly faded away. Before it was completely invisible, it was yanked from its existence on this plane, leaving behind only its outline. This outline hovered, shimmering for an instant, and then like a tiny piece cut from a whirlwind of light, it flew up the metal of Tim's sword. It felt as though he'd stuck both hands into an electrical outlet. Energy coursed through him, but without a buzz, and it felt like his hair was standing on end. He also felt as though he'd been jolted awake. Goodness, he said, blinking as he turned to Simon. That really packs a wallop. He felt as though he had just run a mile and then drunk a quarter Gatorade. Refreshed, vital, alert. I feel like somebody just changed my batteries. You see, now we have sufficient energy to deal with the next part of our mission. Which is, pray tell, asked Tim, fairly bouncing on the balls of his feet. According to Linda Entwistle, first we must locate the rib of Dracula. That must be his funny bone. He sure seems to have lost it. Gosh, he felt alive and buoyant. He felt like he could conquer the world and then play two hours of touch football in the evening. Yes, perhaps. She said that we would receive a clue as to its whereabouts from the central signpost in the middle of Castlevania. Simon's face twitched. First, though, I seem to be hungry again. Perhaps we should go back to the Heart and Soul Tavern. There we can eat a decent meal. Eggs and flapjacks, I should think. Oh, yes, and cake with whipped cream. And apples. Lots of apples. And you can eat your chocolate, and then we can wash it all down with yards of foamy ginger ale. And then we can eat sausages and jams, and then perhaps we think about dessert. This sounded good to Tim. He was always hungry. He could do with a couple of Cadbury bars, if only to celebrate his victory over the ghoul. But then he caught himself up short. This was the sort of warning sign that Simon had told him about. Wasn't gluttony one of the seven deadly sins? His stomach rumbled. Still, some pancakes would be awfully delicious. No, he told himself. This was why he was here. 
to help Simon resist temptations, not to fall to them himself. He had a responsibility to fulfill, and he meant to do just that. He kicked Simon Belmont in the butt. Not really hard, but firm enough to wrest his attention away from treats and sweets. Ow, said Simon. He lifted his whip up, turning a look of anger and menace on Tim. Why did you strike me, mortal? You see, you're even starting to sound like Dracula. Simon's mouth dropped open. Yes, you're right. And so you kicked me upon my nether parts. Simon patted Tim upon his shoulder. Excellent. Already Linda has guided me truly in selecting such a fine fellow as you. Tim felt a stirring of feeling. He really liked this guy. When Simon Belmont had a good thought about someone, he shared it. He was thoughtful, sincere, and honest. So what if he was a bit unhip? He had his own brand of cool. Any time, Simon. Tim looked down the intersecting streets, deserted now, all wrapped in night and eerie mist. Well, we better get going to that signpost now, right? The question is, which way? Right, my true friend. The way to the signpost is no problem. Follow me. And Tim, trusting Simon to show him the correct way, followed.